Now streaming on Not the Podcast You Deserve. Welcome to episode 156 of Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle, along with supposedly handsome Drew. Hello. And Drew, who definitely spells his name with a U. And this episode is our now streaming episode. We talk about stuff that we've been watching. But first, guys, real bad news. I may have misspoke last week, maybe two weeks ago, when I said that Justin Roiland was in hot water for DMing an underage kid. Um... It looks like it's much worse than that. Oh, no. It it looks like he's been charged with one felony count of domestic battery with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and slash or deceit by the Orange County District Attorney's Office. That's not great. It's so not great that Adult Swim cut ties with Rick and Morty's co-creator over domestic violence charges today. The voices of Rick and Morty will be recast. And Dan Harmon is now the sole creator of the show. Um, also terrible for the people and that he did terrible things to. Yeah. So that's a huge bummer. And um, yeah, big, big bummer. Um, the list of the Academy Award nominations came out today. And instead of going through all of those, our next episode we'll be talking about, we'll be talking about a 10-year-later Oscar review of the 2013 Oscars. And if the right movie and the right actor, right actress won um, from them, because I feel like uh, it's too soon now to comment, even on last year's. Because we don't know what movies can stand the test of time. So that'll be interesting. I also don't want to read through the list of who got nominated <laughs> for this year. That's the main one. Um, and then uh, Dale reached out to us on Twitter when I was talking about my conundrum of what makes a good movie. And he gave me his list of what he thinks makes a good movie. Number one, does it have a wrestler or former wrestler in it? <laughs> Important. Number two was a politically incorrect term for little people. Uh, number three was Stallone, Arnold, Harrison Ford, or Robert Redford in the movie. <laughs> what, a, what a grouping. And then 3B is updated with Nick Cage, Ryan Reynolds, or Brad Pitt. And then number four, did Michael Bay direct it? I'm not sure those are wrong, but I do think those all lean more towards the entertaining side of is this movie a good movie or not uh but that's quite a list if you the listener at home have a list of what you think makes a good movie feel free to let us know at ntpod podcast on twitter and instagram um and then guys this week i finally watched a movie that's been out for a long time i think uh, 2018 maybe the uh the man the man from uncle yeah, you guys tracking uh, me on this yeah. one mm-hmm. with henry cavill Guy Ritchie directed it, Army Hammer, before we knew he was weird. Um, but we all pretty, like, we knew it was weird. We just yeah, didn't know why. Down. You could feel it. You didn't know how weird. I really liked this movie. I thought this movie was, like, borderline great. Like, it's a typical Guy Ritchie movie. Lots of fun, shoot 'em up crazy action yeah. stuff. There's a car chase scene that, like, is not the worst. Um, <laughs> If Layer Cake was Daniel Craig's audition for Bond, I think this movie was Henry Cavill's. And it just may have been too close to Bond for it to matter. I don't know. It's on HBO Max. I really like it. Alicia Vikander, who I think is great. Elizabeth Dimbecki, Dimbecki, I say her name. She's great too. I think if I had known this was a Guy Ritchie movie, I would have seen it a long time ago. Um, Did you guys catch this one? Yeah, I, I saw it a couple of years ago. Uh, I didn't see it in theaters. I wanted to, but just 
I, I try to see everything Guy Ritchie does. Um, it, it ended up being something I bought um, right after it came out on DVD. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. Uh, Hugh Grant is great. Um, this is a remake of a uh, or a spinoff of an old TV show. Yeah, I'd say. Um, and so I didn't. I wasn't really familiar with the show itself. But you could tell there were a lot of, you know, nods and homages and things like that to like, they kind of like definitely played it up to the camera of like, do you see what we're doing here? Do you like it? It's that thing <laughs> that you used to like from the TV show. Huh? Here yeah. we go. And then they kept going. Um, but overall, I thought I thought it was a really good movie. I like it a lot. I'm also a sucker for all Guy Ritchie stuff, so. Sure. My note was that Guy Ritchie cast a British man as an American agent and an American cannibal as a Russian agent, and it pulled it off, and it was great. So I really am proud of him, and I thought that was a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, and then I spent way too much time of my week on, on one particular story. Have you guys heard of The Good Nurse? But tell me about it now. The Good Nurse uh, is starring Jessica Chastain and Eddie Redmayne. It's about two nurses in a hospital oh, yes, that are trying okay. to catch a serial killer. Yeah. It starts with the like a snail zoom that lasts probably five minutes, where it's real wide shot. Eddie Redmayne's in a nurse in a hospital room, and he's like calling for help. And you see doctors running; they're doing CPR, but all you can see is Eddie Redmayne in the doorway. And it just like slowly creeps up like to his face as like the uh, credits like kind of roll, um, the introductory stuff. And it just it takes like five minutes. It's very unnerving, um, mm. and about. It's a. It's not a great story. About halfway through, I was like, I could have written this story. I could have written a better <laughs> ending to this story. Um, it's one of those movies where, like, you know how it's going to end, like, the first ten minutes you're into it. And then at the end of the movie, it says that this was all based on a true story. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. That's why I could have written the movie, because uh-huh. it actually <laughs> happened not that long ago. And so this movie is on Netflix, and the documentary of what happened in real life is also on Netflix called Catching the Killer Nurse. And so I watched that immediately afterwards. Yeah, and the yeah, documentary yeah. is way more terrifying than the movie. No. It is so much scarier and more sad. So I spent like four hours of my week on one serial killer. I didn't. I had no plans of doing that. Like I didn't want to. It just kind of <laughs> ended up that way. Sometimes four hours of serial killers just end up in your lap. And I've, and I've always yeah. said... Watch it. This is why I've always said you can't trust nurses. Wow, nice. Nice. Uh, and then, uh, Drew Allen, before I kick it to you, I had asked you a couple weeks back if you would watch an episode of Bluey entitled Chest. Did you ever get a chance to watch this? I did, in fact, get a chance to watch Chest. I, I watched one episode of Bluey. I didn't know it was all on Disney+, Plus, and I got really happy. And then I forgot about it immediately after watching the one episode because it hit so close to home. I kind of had to go on a walkabout journey. Uh, so I was watching this episode with my daughter, and it's about a dad trying to teach his kid how to play chess. And yeah. uh, I and Drew with a U is uh, the best chess player among us. Ooh, I don't know. I'm gonna put you two in a room together, see what happens. I think Drew with the U is gonna mop the floor with all of this stuff. <laughs> um, so I was like, I think you'll really relate to this episode because yeah. Blue, oh, there's a Bluey episode out there for everybody. Every yeah. type of person can relate to at least one. And I thought this might be yours. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was wonderful. Honestly, uh, hindsight 2020, his first mistake, he did start them too young. Should listen to his wife. But uh, when 
uh, I can't remember which one says, this is uh, Horsey. And he's like, no, that's the knight. He said, no, this is Horsey. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this show gets it. <laughs> yep. Yep. The, like, he started and, explaining the pieces like, oh, they're not going to get that. They're not going to get it. Stop. Why? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, that's, that's how Drew felt when he was playing chess with me over Christmas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have kids of my own, but I have a bunch of nieces running around. I love, and I have friends with, with young kids, I love hearing the stories of, like, how parents deal with their kids watching TV and, like, what shows they watch and, like, what becomes part of the parents' vernacular as well. Like, Bubble Guppies is my, like, brother's top 100 playlist on his uh, yeah. Spotify yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but my brother has convinced his daughter that Bluey is only on at one particular <laughs> place that they go. <laughs> like, when they drop her off for, like, the nursery at this one place, like, that's the only place Bluey is. And yeah. so, like, they come home, yeah. and she's like, Bluey? And they're like, no, it, it's not here. Bluey doesn't play here. It's, it's not here. And they you go to, like... crazy? And, and she buys it. She buys it hook, line, and sinker. Oh, yeah. She's, she's oh, so yeah. dumb. They're dumb. Kids are dumb. The The thing that the kids growing up now will never understand is that, like, we had to wait for Saturday morning or for, like, Thursday at 8 p.m. to watch mm-hmm. this show. Because they're growing up with everything being at their fingertips at all times. And I think that might ruin it a little bit. But, like, I remember, like, I would, like, watch the clock and wait for 8 o'clock. Because I knew that's when Fairly Odd Parents would come on. Yeah. And so I would just be, like, running to the TV at that time. But um, also, yeah. like, also like poor parents. Like, they also had to wait for that exact <laughs> moment on Saturday <laughs> to get a freaking moment to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it gives and it takes. Um, but Bluey, God, it's so good. I'm gonna make all of you watch an episode of Bluey someday, and we're gonna break it down scene for scene. Line Is this for gonna line. be like how we get famous for our like what blue what episode of Bluey are you like <laughs> quiz online quiz answer <laughs> yeah, these six questions. This is your episode of Bluey. Yes, I love it. I love I can't it. Wait Drew, you your Patronus character. Watching. I can't wait to learn a terrible <laughs> Australian accent with y'all. Um, I yeah. watched quite a bit this weekend. My wife went to hang out with her friends, which means I got to stay at home and watch every movie I ever wanted to. Um, I watched a couple on my You Have to Watch These Movies If You're Going to Run a Movie podcast, including Children of the Corn and Stand By Me, both solid movies. Ooh, okay. Children of the Corn, not as scary as I imagine it was in 1984, but still yeah, sure. pretty unnerving. Pretty unnerving. Um I understand why that movie got made, and I also understand every reference to it now. Whenever anybody said Children of the Corn, I was really confused if they were talking about a scary movie or Field of Dreams. Both I hadn't seen. I still need to get to uh, around to Field of Dreams, but uh, no, you don't or like to. the kids of the band Corn. Yeah, <laughs> also true. Um, but those were two kind of older movies. I I circled around for what could be the greatest cinematic experience I've ever had, which was a movie called Kung Fu Yoga starring Jackie Chan in a Bollywood film. And really, it's just the closing credit scene where he does a full Bollywood number, dance and song, that really had me in tears. Uh, <laughs> 2017's Kung Fu Yoga. I would recommend it to every single person alive. Oh, that is, like, fairly recent. Yeah. I was expecting yeah. this to come out, like, in 1992 or something like that. Yeah, no, no, this is, like, a second wave when uh, Jackie Chan's 
came out with a couple kind of like period pieces, Railroad Tigers, Kung Fu Yoga. Um, he did a couple like as generals, and um, it was kind of like a new wave after his Hollywood with the... Is this pre or post tuxedo? Post tuxedo. Uh, oh, man. Okay. Man. Yeah. After, I would say it's different. You could tell Jackie Chan's not, you know, jumping around quite as fast or punching and doing all the things that he used to. Like, if you go back and watch the old, like, 1980s Jackie Chan, he's, like, straight up doing kung fu martial arts training just on screen. They're just like, yeah, we're going to film him. And it's dynamic because he's so fit and fast and it's crazy. And now it's kind of like, oh, he's a little bit older and he's a little bit smaller. Um, he's not quite as quick and, and fierce, but he's still doing all these crazy action stunts. So it's really fun. And then you get The Foreigner, which is kind of like his third, fourth, fifth, I don't know, 17th phase, where he's just an amazing action drama actor now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anywho, Kung Fu Yoga, 2017, would recommend. Also, watch the scariest movie of 2022, which was Smile. Oh, oh no. my gosh. I did not know what I was getting into. That movie yeah. is terrifying. It's uh, mm. kind of a creature. It's kind of a very similar to It Follows, kind of the concept of mm-hmm. there's a creature just coming after you and it shows up as different people and you don't know other than the smile. That's very unnerving. And it does just a great job of being not nice to you the whole time. Mm. There are some jump scares. There are some mix switch around some red herrings some out of nowhere what i didn't know they could do that and then at the end you're just left in tears and screaming and crying and then i didn't get to sleep that night so if you love horror movies i would <laughs> recommend going around to see smile that will um, be what i interesting put on my wife for sure yeah my wife turned that one off like 30 minutes in. she hated it oh really which was good for me that means i didn't have to watch it but yeah yeah yeah, yeah i was kind of intrigued by that one Interesting. I'm trying to think what would happen at the 30 minute mark. It does kind of start out a little slow, but it definitely ramps up hard in the last like third yeah. of the movie. Uh, they, I also started. Uh, they definitely oh. had some of the like craziest promos and and advertisements yeah. for it. Like they were just having people go around and do the smile and like stand yeah. in public to just like yeah. draw attention. Like there was somebody that stood up at the World Series for like three innings and just stood there like right behind home plate and just smiled like that. And everyone was like, um, can we please get this main? <laughs> please go yeah. away now, sir. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree that. And Megan had great ad campaigns. Those marketing companies needed all of the cash. Um, I also started all quiet on the Western front, the new remake oh, that boy. had nine Oscar nominations um, it's two and a half hours. I'm about a half hour in, and then I had to turn it off to come record this awesome podcast. But I'm loving it so far. I am loving it so far. It's a it's a slower movie. It's a little bit sad, but the atmosphere is incredible, and the cinematography is out of this world. Like, truly a beautiful film. Very similar to 1917. Albeit not oh. in one single cut. It beat out RRR for best foreign film at the Golden Globes. Really? So. That hurt my feelings, but then I was like, it must be incredible, so let's watch it. Crawford, what have you been watching this week? Yeah, so a lot of TV for me this week. Um, I finished Kaleidoscope, which um, I I mentioned it last time as well, but overall, an interesting thought. Doesn't need to be done again. It was a fun little gimmick. Um, They just did every 
every single heist trope that's ever been done. The first couple episodes, I was like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, they're kind of poking fun, I guess, you know, at, at heist things. And then they do it on every single episode. Like, they do the... The problem is that they don't know when you're starting as a viewer, so they had to do it in all of them. And I know. It's just like, a, I know. it's a lot. It's a the lot. Other, going along with that same problem, I mentioned this to my wife as well. I was like, there's so much exposition in every single episode that's not necessary, yeah. but it's because they don't know when you're watching it, and they need to explain why they just did what they did, like, to some degree. Um, but there was one in like the penultimate episode, like the day before the heist, I should say. Um, the FBI agent looks and talks to her sidekick for like five minutes about why she's about yeah. to do what she does. Yeah. But if you've seen the episode of her backstory, you know exactly why she does what she does. <laughs> and so does he, because he was there the whole time. So. I just have to like look and be like, why did you say like if I was that guy, I'd be like, I know I was there. Like, what are we doing? Like, are you okay? Do I need to call somebody? Um, but I get why they have to do it because they they can't be sure like which one you're gonna see. Maybe there's something to be said for linear stellar storytelling. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the other one I started watching was that '90s show. On oh, Netflix, yeah. <laughs> and Is that any good? Were, if you were a fan of that '70s show, you will turn this on and be like, "Oh, some some familiar faces and jokes that I like." And then you will also go, "This is like that show that I like, but made by Nickelodeon, and I yeah. like it less." Yeah. But I did, yeah. I did honestly laugh out loud at several parts. Um, I it made me feel a little nostalgic. Uh, you know, for that show that I loved when I was a teenager growing up, and it made me. There were several parts of it that I was like, "Oh, this is funny," but there wasn't much that I was like, "I need to definitely keep watching this." Sure. Um, so I don't know. Throw it on if you're bored. It's a good background show. You'll see. Uh, you know, all the old favorites. All the gang stops by at one point or another. Um, Topher Grace, hey, Ashton Kutcher, right. Fez. Uh, they're all there. The gang's all there. Um, and then the third show I watched, which I was so excited about, was season two premiere of The Legend of Vox Machina, which is on oh, uh, Amazon nice. Prime. Nice. So season one came out a couple years ago. Um, season two just dropped on Friday, the first three episodes, and I think they'll release uh, probably two or three every week after that. Uh, yes, Kyle. Is this... One of the super nerdy things, like Dungeons and Dragons style thing again, or is it something else? It is one of the super nerdy things. Let me. I'm glad you asked. Uh, this is a animated show based on the story of Critical Role, which is a show oh. that is still on. They they still air every Thursday, um, and For it's four hours. actors <laughs> that get together and they play Dungeons and Dragons. And so this is a story that they have created about their group and the adventures that they have made up for themselves. It's not technically Dungeons and Dragons. They don't have the right to D&D. Sure. So they don't use any of like the monsters from, you know, the books and they can't actually like mention Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. But they have the rights to all of their characters and like this mythic quest they go on together. It's very funny. 
Um, it's very adult, uh, right? Like the first episode of season two starts with a bunch of dragons attacking the main city and you see bodies just get ripped apart and blood everywhere and people cursing and screaming and all sorts of stuff. And like, it's, it's an adult cartoon. Um, but it's very funny. The voice actors are all great. And if you're familiar with critical role at all, it is very, very fun to watch the story that you love. So I'm a nerd. I'm a fan. Um, I love that it's back on. It's one of my favorite things. So Amazon Prime, The Legend of Vox Machina season two, as you get to watch them take on the Chroma Conclave. So yeah, very, very fun. Um, But this is a great segue into what I want to talk about with Crawford's Corner. Crawford's Corner. So there's been several new trailers coming out, but the one movie I want to talk about real quick is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, they just released the second trailer for this. Uh, we've had some teasers before. Um, I go back and forth. I don't know what I'm going to think about it. I am definitely going to see it. Uh, I think it's going to be fun and pretty good. Uh, Chris Pine looks like he'll be entertaining. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, this feels like one of those things that you're just not going to make everybody happy. And when you try to make (laughs) a lot of people happy, you're going to make very few happy. So I don't know. Uh, I think they're either going to make a movie that can be watched and go, oh yeah, that's kind of Dungeons and Dragony. Or they're going to make something that's very, very Dungeons and Dragony that other people are going to go, this movie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Like a Mortal Kombat type version, but I think we're gonna get a I think we're <laughs> gonna get a pretty good movie here. I digress. Back to my corner. Uh, there's one new show coming out on Apple TV Plus that I'm pretty excited about. There was a new trailer for Shrinking with Jason Segel and uh, Harrison Ford. So this is by cool. Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs, and Ted Lasso. Cool. This feels very Ted Lasso-y. Uh, a little less like super uplifting. Um, but that same kind of, hey, here's a protagonist that is relatable, he's funny, he's going through a hard time in his life, but he figures out a way to try to help people. Um, it also feels a lot like Jason Siegel in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, he's a therapist whose wife passes away, and he like has to sit there and listen to other people's problems, and he's like just emotionally numb. And then one day he snaps... And he starts telling people, like, the honest truth. And then they start changing their lives. And he's like, wait, hold on. I think I can actually, like, help people by not just saying, like, how does that make you feel? But actually saying, no, lady, you have an emotionally abusive husband and you should leave him. Uh, Mm. And that would be better for you, right? And so um, Harrison Ford is the the guy who runs the practice, I think, and has Mm. to be like, no, you can't do that um, and try to find that balance but it looks entertaining it looks fun i love all of the lawrence's stuff so i'm excited to see shrinking on apple tv plus and then finally one that i'm probably most excited about there was a teaser trailer released for our season two of invincible on amazon prime oh, yeah. Yeah. have you all guys right. seen this yet i have not seen yes. the teaser for it i'm excited yeah so it's uh it's invincible and uh i can't remember the guy's name or the alien's name but the alien played by seth rogan isn't his, isn't his name Alien? Oh, uh, maybe so. Alan. 
Oh yeah, okay. Uh, and they're sitting in a diner and they're just catching up, like, "Oh, what's up, man? It's been so long. Like, where you been?" And then Seth Rogen gets like really close to him, and he's like, "No, man, it's been way too long. Like, when are you coming back? Like, we need a date. I need a specific date." Um, and Invincible talks about like, "I've been busy, man. I've been like storyboarding and voice acting and shading, and then I have to do all the like color saturation on top." And he's like, "Just give me a date." And he's like, "Late." 2023 how about that is that okay so late 2023 we are going to get invincible 2 and it is about time this is one of the best shows that's come out uh in the last five years and so i i'm very very excited to see this um don my screen again but this has been crawford's corner crawford's corner well thanks for listening to this episode of now streaming as three idiots talk about stuff they're watching hope that that's entertaining for you and you go out and watch some things on your own uh but stick around listen to the next episode as we are going to be doing a 10-year look back at the 2013 oscars which for reference is movies that came out in 2012 and we're going to see what stood the test of time you know which ones aged well which ones did we go Ugh, hate that, that one won hate hate that one won hate that shakespeare in love beat Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> hate, hate that. Oh man. But that's coming up next on Not the Podcast Season. Oh, we didn't talk about The Last of Us episode two. Oh, next time. <laughs>